Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in San Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Beth Ann Patrick is the author of Life B, Overcoming Double Depression, a memoir. Bethann maintains a storied place in the publishing industry as a critic and as at the book maven on Twitter, where she created the popular hashtag Friday reads and regularly comments on books and literary ideas to 200,000 plus followers. Her work appears frequently in the Los Angeles times, as well as in the Washington post NPR books and literary hub. She sits on the board of the Penn Faulkner foundation and has served on the board of the national book critic circle. She's also the host of the missing pages podcast. Bethann's essays and short fiction have appeared on L.com, The Rumpus, VQR.com, and in the Grace and Gravity series. Her debut novel just came out. Welcome, Bethann. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Life Be Overcoming Double Depression. 
I am really happy to be here, Zibby. Thank you so much. It's funny to say happy to be here when we're talking about depression. You know, sort of ironic. That is true. But it is, and here I have, um, I know you have a galley and I have a finished book to show. Oh, beautiful. It looks great. So uh, thank you. Very exciting for me. My first all creative book all by me. So uh, I know you know this feeling and, uh, you know, it's been just what, it hasn't been that long for you, has it? Since my book came out? Yes. Oh yeah. Last July. Yeah. Last July. Yeah. Yeah. So we're both debut this year, debut authors. It's very exciting. It is exciting. Congratulations to you. And this is a very, I mean, all memoirs, I guess are open, but this is really just putting it all out there. Some people, you're such a big deal in the literary industry (laughs) and no, seriously, you're, I mean, influencer, critic, you know, I don't even know how to say, like just so influential in all of the different parts of the business where you're involved. And to then come out and share the most deep, painful parts of you to everybody who you know will be reading and <laughs> with with yes. avid interest, you know? I'm, I don't know. I, I didn't like when people said to me that it was brave or bold because it felt like something I just had, had to do and it didn't feel brave or bold. Because, But how do you feel about the whole thing? Well, that's exactly it. And it's so wonderful to speak to someone else who has written this kind of book, who understands the have-to part of it. I did not expect to write this memoir. I did not expect to have to tell people about my family history, my family dynamics, my mental illness, all of the things that go into that. But that is what I needed to write about. And in order to write about anything else, in order to keep going and to grow as a writer. So I'm really glad that I wrote it. And I do know that for some people, it will be difficult to read. For other people, it is something that is really illuminating, it seems. Um, and and I don't mean illuminating about me, like, oh, wow, look at this brave influencer. No, no. I mean, it's illuminating in terms of they think, gosh, someone can be so high-functioning mm-hmm. and doing a lot and still be having a tough time. It's okay to talk about the tough time that I'm having. Yes, and so important. I know I'm sort of over the whole, let's pretend we're all perfect. Seriously. Facade. You know, like, come on, we don't have time for this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We don't. Moms don't have time to hide our problems. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's just as soon as you strip back one layer, you know, it's like taking off the back of a Band-Aid. It'll stick as soon as you take that layer off, right? And so it's that's all we're trying to do is like get people connected and sticking by those shared feelings and all that. That is so true. So tell listeners, thank you. I liked that analogy, actually. Tell listeners about your story. And, you know, you start this book where you're sort of struggling with your husband, whether or not to go back into inpatient treatment. And, you know, that's another thing that people can relate to, I'm sure, is when you have your own struggles, how to make people on the outside really understand, take it seriously, know what to do, how to advocate for yourself when your brain is the one that's getting in the way and all of that. So just take us through your story. And when you started sort of confronting mental illness and depression and finding out double depression and, you know, the whole journey, if you don't mind. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. And I think that's a great thing to say when I started confronting it, because 
here's the thing. I've said this in the L.com essay that sort of started this book. And in the book, I realized I had depression probably in college and I started getting treated for it when I was in my early 20s in grad school. But even though I was taking my antidepressants and going to therapy and doing what I thought you were supposed to do, I didn't really know that I had double depression. I just knew there was something off. There was something that didn't sit correctly. And it took decades for me to find that answer. And I didn't find that answer until I had had a period of real stability and joy in my early 50s. And this was a few years back. And uh, I thought, oh, okay, this is what life can be like. And the next time depression hit, I said to my doctor, okay, I'm done with this. There is something we need to work on. I don't know if it's psychological. I don't know if it's biological, but we've got to get to the bottom of this. And that is where this book took off from. So even though I talk about my childhood and my, you know, coming of age and my early years of marriage and motherhood, it's really about that moment where you say, and you could say this at any time in your life, but for many of us, it's in middle age, there has to be something better. Mm -hmm. And the great thing about Life B and the, the title, Zibby, I just want to say, we don't have to talk about it, but just so readers know, it isn't about Life A was the bad part and Life B is the good part. You know from reading it, there's something else going on. But anyway, Life B is about a life where you have confronted a problem and really said, okay, what do I do next? How does life go from here? So double depression, just to quickly tell people about that, is a form of cycling depression where you always experience what we know is depression, right? Dysthymia, sort of chronic, long-lasting depression. But with double depression, that is combined with periods of major depressive episodes, clinical depression. And so you're always depressed, a little bit depressed or a lot depressed. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Thank you. It's just, it stinks. It's just, that's such a rotten thing to get from the grab bag of life. It's it just... is. It is. And you know, they often diagnose it when someone has treatment-resistant depression. They diagnose them with double depression if they know they have a first-degree family member with bipolar syndrome. And my sister has bipolar syndrome. And so that is what helped my very, very good psychiatrist to say, let's see if you respond to this kind of treatment. And it was amazing. I have lived the last several years of my life the way many people live all the time because now I know what it's like to be intentional and to experience. I mean, I had joy, right? I've been married. Um, I'm still married to the same man. We have two beautiful daughters. And when they were born, those were moments of joy. It's not like it didn't break through sometimes, but now I know much more about contentment and joy than I ever did. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Oh my gosh. Well, it just shifts your whole perspective. On, I mean, it has to. And what's important, what really does make you happy? Yes. And, and books you... still make me happy. That is the, <laughs> you know, that's the funny thing is I didn't want to write a book about, you know, reading saving me because that's not what happened. I mean, I'm glad that I have reading and that I had reading, but that wasn't what worked on this. However, 
you know, it's not as if I came out on the other side a wholly different person. I mean, I still have my personality, mm-hmm. my temperament. It's about curing an illness, not curing your character. Mm-hmm. I'm the same Beth Ann I ever was. I'm the same book maven I ever was. And, you know, reading for me as for you. I mean, this is like, we, you know, it, it is, it's so funny. It's not that I want to say we're both such influencers and such, you know, power people. What we are are passionate people, Zivi, mm-hmm. you and I. And I think that is the thing that has made us both get on these paths and continue them and, you know, just continue to share the love of reading and books with other people. And I'm able to do that so much more in so much more of a focused and happy way. And that really, really makes me joyful. Well, I think there is part of having experienced these huge highs and lows, right? Where you know, you're very aware and eager to sort of connect to other stories and other emotions. And it's sort of like this enhanced sensitivity, I think, or maybe they don't always go hand in hand, but I I do think there's something to, yeah, just like being in a place and coming out of it where you kind of want to see other people do that or something. No, that's exactly. In fact, I just said this the other day on another podcast and it it's not my words, so I don't feel bad repeating them. But okay. I think it was Robin Williams who said that people who are very funny are often people who have experienced great depression mm-hmm. because anyone who has gone through tragedy as you have and loss, grief, depression, you know, all of those things we don't want other people to feel them. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's the same thing with people and literature as it is with comedy. Mm-hmm. We understand from our deep, deep reading a great deal about sensitivity and empathy. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is scientifically proven, Zibby. We are scientific uh, experiments. The more you read fiction, the more compassion you have mm-hmm. because it is such a builder of consciousness and, and you go into all these different worlds and headspaces and characters and stories and how can you ever say that mine is the only world that matters? Yes. Not after you've read some of the the books we have. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I feel like I've been reading a lot of books lately where people's life savings are wiped out by some sort of institutional thing in like Vietnam, like mm-hmm. in Dust Child or in like the Dream Builders in India where they had all, you know, and, and that feeling like... I haven't had my life savings whipped away suddenly, but now, not to say that I would ever, but I have even more, like, I just feel like I've been through it because I've read it and I can feel it and know all those anxieties. And it's, it's not something I've been through, but now my empathy is even a bazillion times higher than it could have been. Do you know, maybe that's a bad example. No, but. I, I mean, I, I think this is, first of all, I want to say thank you for giving a shout out to Nguyen Phan Kim Ai's Dust Child because it is one of my favorite books it's of the so year. It's, it's so good. It's so good. Oh my gosh. What an incredible, and The Mountain Sing was her debut here in the United States and Dust Child is so, so good. And I, I think that having everything wiped out mm-hmm. I'm teaching right now in American University's creative writing program. And one of the things I talked to my students about with creative nonfiction is a memoir called Wave by Sonali Daranyagala. I don't know if you read it, but it is about Daranyagala, who is an economics professor, um, had lost her son's 
her husband and her parents in the Oh, in the tsunami. tsunami. Yes, I do know this book. Yeah. Yes. It's an it's an amazing I haven't read it, but when you get time, when, when we get time, look. <laughs> right. <laughs> it it is a book about loss beyond loss. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't, you know, talk she does talk about the tsunami a little bit, but it's really a, a book about grief. And I said, you know, this is the kind of book that can teach you what you ha- I hope you never go through. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. We all hope. I hope no one else ever has to worry about double depression. I know you hope no one else has to worry about 9/11, mm-hmm. you know, happening again. But now we can give those experiences to people in as meaningful a way, as meaningful as they are to us so that they can understand and move on in their lives, privileged or not, Mm -hmm. with this new empathy for a different kind of experience. Yes, 100%. And double depression, it's like, how can you not be analyzing the impact of feelings. If you haven't had depression and you don't know that there's an alternative to just going through life, you can feel sad, but um, like it's impossible. It's like whenever, you know, even something like I, you know, one time I broke my foot, the next thing you know, you're thinking about, look at all these people walking. But when you're walking, you don't, you don't necessarily think about the fact that you can walk without crutches, right? So it's the same thing. Like all of a sudden you're analyzing and being super hyper aware of everybody else's feelings when you know that your feelings are being impacted. I I love that Zibby with the metaphors today. (laughs) Uh, It's so great because we were both in Los Angeles for the Los Angeles Times Festival of Books and also at Zibby's bookshop in Santa Monica, which is very (laughs) cool. And uh, I saw an author yesterday, Sunday, an author that I know and love. And uh, the author had a lower limb injury, a leg injury. And was we were talking about it because I've had an ankle fracture in the past. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, I noticed these things for exactly the reason you do because I've been through it. And it did get me thinking on this little train. It's like when you are hoping to be pregnant or you are pregnant, you notice every pregnant person. Yes. <laughs> yep. You know. <laughs> I know. Totally. It's like we have different lasers. You know. <laughs> anyway, I'll stop with you. I'll stop with no, no, no. That's so funny. But it is true. And the other thing I want to say about depression, let alone double depression, is that one of the things I disliked about it and and knew when I was in it was that it made me so self-centered because I think I talk about this in the book. You know, when you're depressed, you almost have to be a narcissist because you're trying to save yourself mm-hmm. from, especially when like with me, you have suicidal ideation or, you know, you have suicide attempts. Uh, you're always thinking about either how to disappear or how to stay right where you are. Mm-hmm. And so no wonder you become you become kind of boring in depression. And that is not to say, you know, every second I was around someone, I was necessarily boring. But when you're talking about the depression, it's, as you said a few minutes ago, it's very difficult to communicate the state to people. And I think one of the reasons it's difficult to communicate is that all you can say is, me, 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 me. And I really dislike that aspect. My psychiatrists and my psychologists say I'm not a narcissist. I don't want to claim that for myself, right? But I do want to say I'm not a person who is always self 
centered. I am, you know, I have a family. I have a lot of friends like you. I have people I want to communicate with. That's what interests me in this life. And so it was very difficult to be in a place where I was kind of, um, you know, all all Beth Ann all the time. And Mm. I'm so glad to have found a way out. And I do believe now that I'm going to spend a lot of time talking to other people about keep going. You don't necessarily have double depression, I'm going to say to a person, but whatever it is that is holding you back, Mm -hmm. it is you can find a way through this. You can find a way to your purpose. And I I know I keep saying joy, but it's true. Mm -hmm. It's also this whole self-advocacy for the right diagnosis. Yes. You could have missed it. You could have been like, okay, well, it's just regular depression or I'm just not going to get better. But if you don't stop trying, you'll never get to the bottom of it. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, I just thought of something that, talk about my own metaphor. Um, (laughs) Yeah, okay, your turn. Metaphor, metaphor city today. (laughs) My turn. So I know people who have skipped screenings of various kinds for annual, you know, mm-hmm, cancer mm-hmm. screenings and wound up at higher levels of entry into the cancer universe mm-hmm. than they would have expected. And it's not always a person's, you know, fault for skipping. It can also be a diagnostician's fault for getting, you know, things wrong. Yes. But that is kind of what it was like for me all those other people that I had, psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors of various kinds, they didn't get it either. And I am never blaming them, never. Nor am I ever blaming my parents for not seeing, you know, that I was so depressed because you wind up in our society hiding it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I was very good at hiding it because we were talking earlier about the people, you know, in our world, our professional world. And, you know, I would make sure that, and I wasn't always successful. Let me <laughs> actually underline that I wasn't always successful, but many times I was. Many times I could put on a game face and stiffen my spine and just say, okay, I'm going to be in it right now. And then go home and just collapse, you know, into. A lot of times tears, sometimes just complete numbness and despair. But it's so it's not that people who are taking care of you or who care about you are letting you down. You have to also say, I need to advocate, as you you also said. You need to say, I'm going to go in for the screening. I'm going to make sure every year I ask all of these questions. And I think I probably got a little, I took it for granted. I got a little lazy about it. I thought, well, I'm showing up, you know, for Mm -hmm. therapy. I'm taking my, you know, little capsules instead of saying, let's talk about this. Can I push a little bit more? Can you ask me harder questions? So the self-advocacy is an extremely important part of life B. Absolutely. Oh, and Bethann, can you just explain to listeners who don't know the breadth of your involvement and how you sort of got to where you are professionally? No, seriously, because it's, you know, it's really impressive and amazing. And I'm, you know, so inspired by you and your success and all of that. So how did you, you know, talk about like getting into this industry and how did you know what you wanted to do and all of that? Thank you. Thank you. You're you're really, really kind and generous, Zibby. And I will say that my path is not one anyone else could follow because it's it's a little um, circumstance-driven. I won't say it's odd, but it definitely, <laughs> you know, I, as some of our colleagues know, and maybe some of your listeners know, I fell deeply in love in college with my boyfriend. I was at the apex of feminism in the United States. I was at Smith College <laughs> and uh, I fell in love. Instead of falling in love with someone either you know, at an Ivy League school or whatever, I fell in love with a West Point cadet and I became a military spouse right after we graduated. And so I had planned to go into publishing. I had a job set up at St. Martin's Press. You know, I was going to be living in Manhattan with, you know, five roommates, as we do, you know, when we're young, (laughs) and, and going to my job. And I was really excited about it. But my husband was assigned to Berlin, which was West Berlin at the time. I'm old. And, uh, <laughs> it was, it, and, but I don't mind mentioning it because it was so amazing. It was, we were there, you know, till just before the wall came down. So it's, it was an amazing time. Clearly, I wasn't in publishing, but I still wanted to be in something books adjacent. So I got a master's degree in English literature. I wanted to go on for a doctorate. But of course, what happened? I got pregnant. And so I had two children and we were moving around a lot. And I thought, I still want to go into publishing. How am I going to do this? So I started writing book reviews. And then I got a job at a magazine about books. And then I got a job at a big tech company as the books editor. And then, and then, and then. And so on from there, I've just done a lot of different jobs. I've never been in-house at a publisher except for a short stint at National Geographic Books. But I decided that I was going to, by hook or by crook, become a 
book reviewer and critic. And I really focused on that. And I talk about this in something that'll probably come out around my book launch, but I thought, you know, some of that early stuff might not be that great, but now I can really stand behind my work. And so it's Mm -hmm. been a work in progress. And so what I do now just to wrap that all up for your listeners is <laughs> I am and a reviewer for the LA Times, frequent reviewer. I review for NPR books, for who else am I reviewing for these days? I can't even remember right off the top of my head. Oh, Virtuoso Life magazine. I do work with Poets and Writers magazine, other places, but I also have a book and a book that I'm working on in proposal. I have a podcast called Missing Pages about the publishing industry. We're producing season two right now. That has been really exciting because I'm going to brag on my team and the podglomerate for a second, Zibby, if it's okay. Brag. Go for it. Uh, We just got an honorable arts and culture mention in the Webby Awards. And thank you. It was very, very exciting because... We were one of, I believe, three or four honorees. And then the finalists were BBC, NPR, Sirius. I can't remember the fourth one, but I thought, oh my goodness, we are really playing in the big leagues, you know? And it's because of the podglomerate that, you know, this has all come about. So I'm delighted with that. I also just recorded the uh, audiobook for Audible of oh, Life wow. Being. And that was an amazing experience. I'm I'm hoping between podcasting and audiobooks to do more of that kind of work because I really, really love it. But I will never stop advocating for books on social media as the book maven. I will never stop writing about books. And I will continue to also, I hope, lift up other people in publishing like Zibby Books and Zibby Media and everyone else we know who are doing such great things to, you know, keep giving readers what they're looking for, keep giving them exciting new ways of finding these stories that you and I are so passionate about. That's amazing. So awesome. Wait, what is the new proposal about? What's your new book about? ADHD. Oh, wow. (laughs) So we'll see. (laughs) Oh we'll gosh, see if I can crazy. pay attention long enough to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at us making ADHD jokes. <laughs> Moms don't have time to deal with this, Zibby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So if you could give an aspiring author or actually a real author, since you read so many books and you know review them and everything, what's something that is just the most important thing that you think somebody should know or should do or something that makes a great book? Ooh, well, I've just finished something about this, so I'm not going to give too much away, but I will say after listening to a lot of friends at the Los Angeles Times Festival, (laughs) that the thing to do is to finish your story. Mm. Do not show it to other people too early or too often. You need to finish your story, your manuscript, before you get lots of other eyeballs on it. And it doesn't matter, even if you're in a writer's group or Mm -hmm. a critique situation, just be very protective of your idea and yourself. That's smart. Yeah, because bad feedback early can really throw you off. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Bethann, I hate to say, what a fun podcast we had about double (laughs) depression, but... (laughs) 
but we did. But we, but did. we did. <laughs> so, um, so thank you for coming on. And thank you, honestly, joking aside, for being so open and letting people in, as like me, the reader, and all the people you don't know and you do know, and just putting yourself out there because all it does is like help other people, as we all know. So it's um it's inspiring. Your whole story is inspiring, and even the writing about it was just really moving. So thank you. Thank you, Zibby. So great to be here. It was a lot of fun about talking about (laughs) depression. So (laughs) who knew? (laughs) All right. Have a great day by then. Thank you. You too. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.